Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast that knows DP stands for Donald Pleasance, and not what Chris and I did to your mom last night. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. Hey, uh, Chris, <laughs> dude, when was the last time that you read some of the graffiti that these damn mutants have been leaving in the bathroom stalls? <sighs> Man, I try not to go in there anymore. Just number one, the smell gets to me, and number yeah. two, you know, the last couple of things that I saw in there. I mean, one of them said, "What was it?" it was uh, well, the ones that stuck I, out to me, Kuatu fucks. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I saw another one that was like a, it was just a drawing of Admiral Akbar that says, "It's a crap." <laughs> I saw one that said, I came in here to unleash the beast only to find my coal increased. <laughs> so, you know, I thought, yeah, this is just not a place I really want to be. And, I mean, there was that time where you went in there and there was the, the glow-in-the-dark splooge on the floor. And oh, yeah, just, that was yeah. pretty scary. I saw, yeah. I saw uh, there, there was a for-a-good-time call, 867-5309, Jenny. Uh, I called it, Chris. The phone just rings. It just rings. Did you put in an area code? Oh fuck! Yeah, see that—that's what gets you. Didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, look, the way I hear it is, like, if you're gonna graffiti, at least make it something worthwhile. You know what I mean? Well, you know, actually, there there is something that kind of comes to mind. Um, I had had three or four of those atomic triple stack burritos mm. and everything. Yeah, I know. And I was really waiting until I tried to get home. You know, to take care of uh, business and everything like that, but I couldn't make it, so I did go into the uh, the restroom. And um, you know, while I'm there, just squeezing my eyes tightly shut and everything, <laughs> lifting burning. my lifting my feet up off the floor because you know I'm just in unbearable pain, but also just horribly frightened by my surroundings as well. I did happen to look up at the door in front of me, and do you know what it said on the door? What? Rest in peace, David Warner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was actually I was touched. Like literally something reached out of the toilet and like stroked the underside of my balls. It was it was quite frightening. That actually. damn plumber. Yeah. But I no, really. I mean, I was like, you know what? That that was one that hurt. You know, when I heard that David Warner had passed away, um, that that really that really affected me because I've enjoyed his work for Many, many years. You know, he's still my favorite Bob Cratchit in A Christmas mm-hmm, Carol. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I love David Warner. You know, the guy was in so many incarnations of Star Trek. Um, one of my all-time favorite David Warner movies, uh, Nightwing. Did you ever see Nightwing? I've never seen Nightwing, oh, no. Oh, my gosh. I love Nightwing. I mean, aside from, you know, the problematic thing where they have an Italian guy playing a Native American, and then, you know, a, a Jewish guy from Boston playing a Native American... Um, but aside from that, you know, really great, really really good movie. Yeah. Really good movie about, uh, vampire bats, like rabid vampire bats. Oh my God. Is it like his, uh, the killer bees? 
or the swarm. Yeah, it's 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 like, you know he, kind of in that vein. You know, it's the 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 crazy animals versus you know humanity. I mean, it was made in the seventies, so yeah, I guess it kind of comes out of that. But you know, there's there's this whole kind of Native American mysticism that's involved in there. And David Warner plays this exterminator who he goes around the world exterminating colonies of vampire bats. Now, is there a supernatural bent to this at all? Yeah, there is actually oh, okay. because um uh Nick Mancuso who plays the uh, the lead character, yeah. he's a uh like reservation sheriff and everything. Um he has this relationship with this I guess you could say shaman from his tribe and everything. Um and the shaman is kind of predicting, you know, the end of the world coming. And uh then later on uh Mancuso finds out that there is uh, certain things that this shaman has done to try and bring about the end of the world. Oh, shit. Okay. In order to kind of get revenge on the white man. Hmm. Um, Nightwing. Yeah. I I don't know. I dig it. I I think it's really cool. You know, some of the animatronic bats are a little bit laughable, but it's creepy as fuck. I mean, you know, because you've got all these, you know, flocks of, do we call them a flock? What, a swarm? I'm trying to remember. What's the- bats? What's the collective noun for bats? A fuck. A fuck of bats. Yes. I think that's that's no, isn't the, no, I thought that was like a Game of Thrones novel. A fuck of bats. A fuck of bats by George <laughs> Martin. <laughs> but anywho, uh like Dude, you know, it's it's crazy to think that I mean, like I've never heard of that movie. How many movies do you think David Warner has been in that we haven't heard of or you know or, or, well, the, the man has got some serious genre cred i mean there, there, there's there's tons of stuff that he's done yeah i mean i can think of just all, a, a huge variety of movies like Dude, I said, I, the guy did star trek and multiple iterations too. and different characters yeah. exactly yeah I mean, he was like he was in star trek five uh he was in he was with uh, sinjin tolbert or you know who was uh, one of the the Earth representative on the planet of Galactus P- or what is it the planet of Galactic Peace Nimbus Three? That's it. And then he was <laughs> did I get that right? And then he was uh, Gorkon, the Chancellor of the Klingon High Council in Star Trek Six. Mm-hmm. He was in one of probably the best Next Generation episodes from season six. There are four lights. You got it, brother. Yeah, yeah your exactly. eyes just lit up. I know. Yeah, well, I, I'm I'm happy. No, uh, what is that? Chain of Command was. Yeah. Yes, that that's a fucking great episode. And it is, you know, probably one of the greatest two-parters, if not one of the greatest moments of television. Uh, that, not just science fiction, television. Yeah. Because, like, when they made that episode, they went through and they were working with Amnesty International to kind of find out what people go through when right. they're tortured right. and everything. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's basically the entire episode, well, most of the episode, is David Warner and Patrick Stewart, two guys in a room just kind of having a battle of wills yeah. while David Warner tortures Captain Picard, you know, uh, you know, so what else? Oh, I, you know, you know who David Warner always will be for me first and foremost, what, the photographer from the omen. No, believe it or not. No. Um, but that's the uh, great role. Yeah. Uh, great, great death. moment in <laughs> cinema history. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for me, unfortunately, <laughs> I will always first think of him as, Professor, what I don't even remember the name from Ninja Turtles Two. Oh, Secret of the Ooze. The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. He plays pr- the professor that uh, invented the Ooze. Yeah, and I, I will always remember totally him sleepwalking that. his way through that movie. But most recently, uh, I just rewatched this one. He's um, we can you could debate whether or not he's any good in the movie or the movie is any good. 
but he's in... No, I'll guarantee you that the movie might not be good, but David Warner is good in it. That's where the debate comes in. Oh, well, let's but see. But it's, it's The Island, starring Michael Caine oh, and David right, Warner, right, 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 who right, gets right. to say things like, him no pee, man, he be big boy. Like, <laughs> and, and you can see that he's like, oh... Both he and Michael Caine both look like... Oh, hey, man, God. if the check clears, it's art. It's true, and it's a, it is a good movie. It's I mean, I like it. Michael Caine machine guns a hundred pirates with a fifty caliber, you know, you, you, you can't it. go yeah, wrong. You got pirates, man. Yeah. I mean, there's some genre right there. I mean, think about it, too. David Warner, uh, he was evil in Time Bandits. Ooh, yeah, that's right. I mean, he played evil. Yeah. <laughs> that was his character's yeah. name, evil, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, he was Sark and Tron. Oh my God, that's yeah. right. Uh, I'm trying to think what else uh, great stuff. Uh, he played uh, essentially Jack the Ripper in Time After Time, which oh, wait, was Nicholas Myers' first oh, movie. Oh, yeah, speaking of Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't he have that line, by the way, in Time Bandits about. Oh my God, what is the line about? Like, God isn't so great, or like he invented nipples? Or, <laughs> is that what. <laughs> yeah. Remember, I can't recall. I, I can't the remember exact the line, line exactly, but yeah. And then, of course, Ralph Richardson playing God, so, you know, that's a, a nice little contrast there. Oh, my God, dude, he's in fucking Titanic. Yes. Well, actually, he's in a couple versions of Titanic. <laughs> he was on the actual Titanic. Yes, yeah, most people don't know that. No, but he uh, he did the uh, the remake of A Night to Remember. And to be honest with you, that might have been like, I can't remember if it was the George C. Scott Christmas Carol or if it was A Night to Remember, the, the first time I remember David Warner. Uh, it's one of those two movies, and I, I, for the life of me, can't remember which one I saw first. But uh, that was like my first exposure to the Titanic, too. I was like, this is this real? This happened? This shipwreck? There were icebergs? What? Oh, my gosh. Um, but that's you know one of the first times I remember seeing David Warner. Um, well, he's in, um, he's in one of your favorite buddies' uh, things. He's in Midsummer Night's Dream. He is? He plays Lysander, the young lover. In which version? Um, that would be the 1968 version. Oh, okay. That's fun. It's like one of the Peter Hall with uh, with oh. uh, Ian Holm and Duh. Helen Mirren. Yeah. Yes. Um, I should know that. God damn, dude, he's been in so much stuff. It's like it's crazy. Like I just pulled up his little his little thing here, and I, like <laughs> don't pull up, <laughs> pull up his on, little thing, dude. dude. Let's go through a couple of these real quick. Sure, like, come on, Straw Dogs. Oh yeah, he plays Henry uh, the. the He's, he's kind of like mentally challenged. Yeah, himself, Henry but Niles. He's, he's uncredited, one, yeah. but he's in that movie. Like, well, that's the person that that uh, they say kind of assaulted somebody, and Niles hang uh, hides out at Dustin Hoffman's house, and that's when they lay siege to. Uh, yeah, God, I haven't seen Straw Dogs in forever. I need to rewatch that. He's in. Oh, it's a real. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a real laugh. I, I, I've, I've seen the movie, dude, and I, I, I do remember. Yes, it is just loads and loads of fun. Oh, dude, he's in From Beyond the Grave, the oh. uh, the Amicus anthology film. Yeah, I'm not I'm, like that's one of the ones I'm the least familiar with. I feel like it's probably the more boring of. Well, you those. think you know more than anything else and everything. Maybe that that's what we should kind of do with this episode. Maybe we should. Look at some of these gems in such a stellar career. Because, I mean, David Warner had an amazing career. This guy's got credits. And he was working practically up until, you know, he died. He The last thing I remember seeing him in, like, in the theater, uh, Mary Poppins Returns. Holy shit, yeah. He was uh, Admiral Boom? Yeah. Yeah, he was Admiral Boom in Mary Poppins Returns, which, you know, that was, I, I didn't expect to see him. But, like, all of a sudden, oh, there's David Warner. And it kind of put a smile on my face. But maybe what we should do with this episode is we should... 
really kind of look at some of these hidden gems that exist in people's careers. I mean, you know, maybe it might be easy to kind of pull the obvious ones out, like Titanic. Oh, yes, David Warner. <laughs> but what about some of these genre films that people may not be familiar with? I mean, dude, what you're saying is a veritable hall of fame for these actors, maybe, you know, for, for these unsung actors, just a, a celebration of their careers. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's, you know, one of the, I think the benefits of being a film actor is that there's a certain level of immortality that you do achieve. Mm. So even though you may not be here anymore, your films will live on. Your performances will live on. Yeah, and you will always you, be, yeah, yeah, a flickering image exactly. on a screen well, it's somewhere. It's a ghost, man. Yeah. I mean, you're literally a ghost. Yeah. So what what will we call this? How if about... We, if we created like a Hall of Fame for the dearly departed thespians out there, what would we call this? Well, I'm thinking since we've seen it in the bathroom stall... Maybe we could call it the stall of fame. <laughs> or is that too disrespectful? Well, yeah, no, let's let's give it a little more dignity. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe they deserve that. Uh, yeah. I still think we should carve their names in oh, the well, stall. Uh, uh, yeah, undoubtedly we'll do that, indubitably. Uh, but what's a, what's a better name for this? How about the celluloid catacomb? Okay. So we'll be inducting people. We'll be what? what They'll we, be enshrined, enshrined in the celluloid yes. catacomb. We will enshrine them in the celluloid catacomb. That's great. Okay, that means our very first inductee has to be David Warner. You know what? I think that would be that would be really really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's in, in honor of of this great actor's very recent passing. Then I would be honored to. Nominate David Warner. He's in for enshrinement in the celluloid catacomb at the Dead City Drive-In. Perfect. He's in. So that means maybe we should. He can't be by himself in there. So let's. Well, yeah. Let's treat this like the uh, the Hall of Fame. You know, like whether it's the Baseball Hall of Fame or the Football Hall of Fame and stuff like that. Maybe we should have a class of 2020. Ooh, I like it. So I don't know. What would be the criteria that we have for this? Okay. Well, I'd say. Genre cred. Okay. Genre cred, definitely. So they've got to have some sort of appearance in some sort of genre film. And what is a genre film? Sci-fi, horror. Uh, exploitation, women in prison, yeah, yeah, non-exploitation. Yeah. Everything Psychotronic we cover. Psychotronic Yeah, the, the, the things that make Dead City Driving great. They've got to have, you know, some appearances, you know, and I think the more appearances that they have yeah, and the wider swath of psychotronic cinema. Is going to get them... Inducted a lot yeah, quicker. Yeah, I think that sounds good. Okay, so genre cred, and then, okay. well, must be dead. I like it. Genre cred and must be dead. There we go. That's our criteria. Okay. Anything? Is there like a third thing? Fuck it. It's our show. <laughs> what do you think? I can get behind that. Okay, I'm down. All right, cool. So is there anything else that we want to kind of talk about with with David Warner here? Yeah, dude, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at this list and, you know, it's crazy. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll stick to these kind of genre stuff, but like, so we said The Omen. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I'm, even before that, I just wanted to say, I, I like the idea because most of the times in our episodes, we're really just focusing on 
these movies. And yeah, we touch on performance and actors and the directors and whatnot, but this is a chance for us to maybe do a little bit more of a deep dive into an individual performer's yeah, a body career. Of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this this affords the opportunity. I, I think when we started doing Dead City Drive and our desire was to maybe bring a little bit of attention to movies that people maybe are not so familiar with. And I think that this gives us another excellent opportunity to really kind of look at an interesting, great body of work. And it may be a face that you recognize, but a name that you don't remember. Or maybe it's a name that you recognize and you're just not that familiar with, you know, the body of work. You know, it's like, wow, they did a lot of amazing shit. And, you know, David Warner, I think, could be the epitome of a career like that. I mean, the guy had a remarkable career. Yeah. And he was in so many memorable films. And, you know, I don't think that you could say that he fades into the background because, I mean, I think, you know, he's got a such a great voice, you know, and other great lines like a mutilated body, you know, things things that he says in his movies, you know. Dude, he was in the Concord Airport 79. Oh, hell yeah. See, there we go. A disaster pick. And I love those airport movies, man. I fucking love them. I'm always looking for, yeah, I can't wait to get into the disaster. I mean, that's actually, honestly, even an airport would be a fun run the series. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, there's four of them. It's the... I, I and I own the I have the collection. You have the I airport collection. I have all collection? four on on Blu-ray. No shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I would love to go back and rewatch oh, those. Maybe we could do. Oh, okay. okay. You heard it here first. Oh, Let's see if this episode yeah. drops first. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, that would be fun. That dude, would be a lot of fun. Um. Uh. You said Tron. Oh, fucking the Company of Wolves. Oh, that's right. He's the father of Little Red Riding Hood. See, once again, it's like all these movies that he's in that, like, I know the movies very well. And it's like, I, I kind of forget that he's in there. But it, it, that's, I don't, I, I swear I'm not besmirching his, his talent. It's like he is just such an integral part of the movies that he's in that, you know, it's not that you don't notice him. It's always that, you know, you do notice him when you watch the movie again. But yeah, it's he's like, the best kind of performer in a movie like this. He, he, he's protean. He, yeah, right. He, he gives it a hundred, well, for the most part, gives it. He's a professional. How about yes. let's just say that? Yeah. He's a professional. He never, um, at least to my knowledge, he never works hard to uh, uh, overstep the scene. You know, he's not like uh, Steve McQueening it, yeah. you know, like wearing a hat in every scene just to piss your old Brenner off or like whatever. <laughs> like he never feels like he's at war with uh, his the rest of his castmates. I feel he feels like a true player, like an ensemble yeah. player. Um, they're just the best kind of he's actor. He's there to make the movie as well as he can possibly make yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what else was he? Uh, uh, oh, my God, dude. Jesus Christ. Waxwork. Oh, yeah, he's in Waxwork. He's the bad guy in Waxwork. Uh, he's in um, John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. He's the psychiatrist. Mm. That's right, in the kind of wraparound story. Yes. That's right. Oh my wearing god! Wearing like that, you know, the big-shouldered, like double-breasted suit, you know, like that's what. Okay. So eighties and the nineties. Um, he was oh the dude. Just I'm looking at this thing. I'm like I know this is kind of cheating, but at the same time, he's been, there's so much that he's been in that it's just wild. So how about uh, the unnameable too? Oh my god. Do you remember that yeah, movie? Well, I remember the unnameable, but I don't remember unnameable two. The reason I, um, why I remember unnameable two is because it was on like either USA up or up all night or like a Joe Bob 
uh, TNT, like Monster Vision. And I remember watching it late at night and I was like totally enthralled. And they had the fact that like Maria Ford or no, no, no. Whoever played the Cree. Oh, Julie. Who was Kevin Eastman married to? Julie Strain plays the creature. You know, the pinup model, Julie yeah, Strain. No, I know Julie Strain. I was like, she was married to Kevin Eastman? Yeah, she was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, for a while. Uh, but she she plays the so creature. So it's like Dave Stevens and Brink Stevens. You know, it's like comic book artists oh, wow. and, Wait, and Scream Queens. Dave Stevens is... The is, Rocketeer, the guy that created the Rocketeer. Is married to Brink he Stevens? He was married to Brink Stevens, yeah. Dude, that's fucking... You just blew my mind. Yeah. What? And that's a perfect connection. Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit, do you think that Kevin Eastman and Dave, you think they just traded pictures? Uh, Awesome. Anyway, Unnameable 2 was always on, and Julie Strain played the creature, and she's like, the creature's like naked the whole movie. Yeah. That's like got very, you know, large breasts, and they're just white kind of lightly coated in hair and i just remember whatever whatever i was White watching and it on, lightly coated in hair <laughs> yeah, whatever it's, I was, a, it's a light dusting of hair <laughs> whatever i was watching it on i remember being fascinated because they had to blur it out so the whole time the creature is on screen it's got this like blur over its oh entire body God. and i was fascinated by that anyway i'm sure you were that's being said i have no recollection of david warner being in that <laughs> so probably best not to comment well too you much. know we're, here we're kind of talking about the movies but you know i i heard a story that David Warner probably produced one of the greatest performances of Hamlet that was ever done. I mean, when people talk about like the pantheon of great theatrical acting, David Warner's go as Hamlet was one of the most memorable. Now, was it on stage or was it one of the filmed no, versions? No, it was on stage. It was a okay. stage version. So, I mean, yeah. Because then like Simon McCorkendale did like a Macbeth, I think, and he... And that was like filmed, you know, it was like black stage, like yeah. black. Well, I mean, there were times that they would go through and they would put film cameras in a theatrical performance mm-hmm. and stuff and record it. Like, you know, Sweeney Todd with George Hearn and Angela Lansbury um, after Lynn Carey left the cast. Or what stuff. Orson Welles was doing with Moby Dick. Yeah, yeah. That play adaptation yes. that he canceled the film. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just the guy was, I mean, the guy had chops, absolute chops. And he worked with Peckinpah a couple of times. <laughs> Because he was in the Ballad of Cable Hogue, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, now, here's the so thing. Straw Dogs and Cable Hogue, that's, you know, two Peckinpah movies. Well, that if Peckinpah liked him. Yeah. You know. I mean, that says a lot, that he used him more than once. That's pretty wild. Yeah. All right, so, so if David Warner was in Titanic, do you think that he was there the infamous night that the cast and crew got dosed with LSD in their clam chowder? Did you know about that story? I have heard that story. He probably put the LSD. I think he was the one that did it. Yeah, he did. (laughs) Evil. (laughs) (laughs) And he's wearing that headdress with like the frigging like long fingernail rings and everything. God, let me ask: Do you think? um, Wait, you would know? Is he in? uh, Is he in the Planet of the Apes movies? Like the the original. I guess I'm thinking of like Roddy McDowell. He's not in a planet. I don't think David Warner did Planet of the Apes. He might have appeared like on the television series or something. Maybe I don't know. Because oh. I mean, because like he did a lot of television. He did a lot of voiceover work. I know that. Um, uh, oh, maybe I'm thinking. You know what? He's in Tim Burton's. Oh, okay. he's in the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. He. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You know what? Yeah. I guess that's what I'm thinking. But yeah, I feel okay. like I, I'm I, sorry. I yeah. feel like I could just picture him more in that other era. 
you know, the the seventies in costume yeah. like that than I do in like the the Tim Burton thing. Imagine David Warner and Charlton Heston hanging out, but both dressed as apes. Oh my god! And and Ronnie McDowell's filming the whole thing. He's like, "Yo, you can come over to my house later. And we'll <laughs> smoke these Paul Malls and look at these pool boys." Do you ever see Time After Time? Sorry, yes, I have. It's been a long while. Um, that movie's worth a rewatch. I read da- uh, Nicholas Meyer's uh, autobiography, and he, he has very fun things to say about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was in Wing Commander, bro. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> who was it? I was just talking to somebody recently who was like, uh, I just rewatched Wing Commander. And you know what? It was actually a lot. It was pretty good. I was like, what? Really? I remember that movie came out when I was working at the video store. Oh, God. Wing Commander. Never saw it. We'll never see it. Um, I that is probably one of the best examples of Freddie Prince Jr.'s horrible acting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just say that Freddie Prince Jr. like never acted de- again. Well, <laughs> I think that he improved quite a bit after that because there was just there was something about you know that that particular. Uh, there, there's a moment I think where he's stuck inside of his his uh, his fighter. And he's like without power and he's looking over at another character who's like trapped in their starfighter as well. And like they're just floating through space. And of course, like he puts his hand up on the canopy and the other actor puts their hand on their canopy and stuff like that. And then Freddie Prince Jr. is like looking at his own hand and then looks out at the other person, looks at his hand and back out. And I was like, and his dick comes through the canopy and into the other guy's canopy. And it starts I missed that piloting part. the plane. I totally missed that part. Oh, I need to go back and watch it now. I need to see. That. Wait, dude, was it you that said it was a good movie? Were you the one who just rewatched it? You're no. to say, oh my god, I can't believe you remember something no. so vividly. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that wasn't me. Although you do get David Suchet in that movie as well. Who? David Suchet. Who's that? He's another British actor. I don't know. You don't know David Suchet? No. Probably best known for playing Poirot, Hercule Poirot. In which one? Uh, the television series. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah. Let's see, what else was he? He was, uh, did you ever see Harry and the Hendersons? Yeah, a long time ago. He was the French-Canadian hunter. Okay. I would like to shoot the animals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you know that uh, that David Warner was in The Man with Two Brains with Steve Martin? No, I didn't. Yes, yes he was in that. He played the Frankenstein's monster in a TV movie. I don't remember that. And, of course, I said that he had done... Uh, Christmas Carol with George C. Scott, which is, like I said, my favorite. I love that fucking movie. He did a lot of TV movies. Yeah. Oh, my best friend is a vampire, oh right? Boy. He was the oh vampire hunter in that movie. I forgot that, That's too. wild, dude. Okay, so yeah. David Warner, welcome. Oh, Mr. North. Did you ever see Mr. North? What is that? Why do I know that movie? Jeff Goldblum? He's the guy in the insane asylum. No, that's Mr. Frost. Oh, that's Mr. Frost. Yeah, what's Mr. North? Is Mr. North? Is that the one with uh, Anthony Edwards? It's in? it's the sequel to uh, Rob Reiner's North, where he is now a grown up little boy. Oh wait, no, no, no. Yeah, Mr. North's the one with Anthony Edwards. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Frost. Jeez, I got those <laughs> mixed up. Yeah, sounds like two this completely is what's different happening, movies. Man, I'm fucking getting old and I can't remember shit. <laughs> oh my god. Well, so, goddamn, David Warner. I guess he 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 he. Oh, he's in Twin Peaks. I forgot he was in Twin Peaks. Wow. Yes, Thomas Eckhart. Yes, I remember that now. 
Yeah. Cast well, a Deadly Spell. Did you ever see that movie? Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, that'll probably at some point get uh, um, an episode. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that we, God, I love. We that know movie. a lot of people that like that movie. Um, did you ever see the sequel? No. Witch Hunt. No. Yeah. So I guess Cast a Deadly Spell is like 1940s gumshoe. Fred Ward plays right. Phil Lovecraft in that. Uh, then uh, Witch Hunt is the sequel that takes place in the 1950s. So there's a major stylistic change in the movies. Um, let's see, who did they... Um, they replaced uh, Fred Ward with Dennis Hopper. Oh, shit. And then uh, Eric Bogosian was the fucking uh, villain in that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. We love, I love yeah, an but, Eric but Bogosian anyway, villain. But, but yeah, but uh, in Cast a Deadly Spell... Uh, David Warner was the villain in that movie. He was the guy that was basically trying to bring back the Cthulhu uh, proxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say in that movie by sacrificing his own daughter, who was pure. Tales from the Crypt, unnameable too. Jesus, man. Well, I would say he 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 is uh, he has earned his way in as the very first inductee to be enshrined. In the Dead City Drive-In Celluloid Catacomb. Absolutely, man. I, you know, th- this this makes me happy that we're able to do this. This is a, this is a great way to honor an amazing career, uh, a very very talented man, and everybody should go out and you know start just looking up. I mean, you know, hop on, I don't know, friggin' the internet, the interwebs, <laughs> and look up David Warner and look at his filmography, and go and start checking out some of these uh, some of these movies because you'll be kind of surprised that he's probably in a lot more movies than you thought he was and and you've seen him a lot more than you thought you had yeah, absolutely you know or you heard his voice man because he did a lot of voice work so much voice work all right well wherever you are david warner congratulations <laughs> you are the first inductee to be enshrined in the dead city drive-in celluloid catacomb you lucky son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess then. Well, he can't do this alone. So yeah, we got to we got to think of some other people to join him. Uh, well, how about you and I each bring somebody to the table? Okay, you bring one, I'll bring one, and they can all live in the afterlife together, fighting over the crafty table. <laughs> okay, so uh, once again, let's go over our criteria here. So real simple. Yeah, genre cred, genre cred must be dead. Must be dead. Okay. All right, I think I got somebody. Okay, who do you got? The late, great Dr. Loomis himself, Donald Pleasance. We mentioned, actually, his name at the very beginning of the episode, DP. <laughs> <laughs> so only fitting that we uh, we bring back the DP, Donald Pleasance, of course, you filthy bastards out there with your dirty minds. Um, and uh, let's let's talk. About, there's, a, there's an amazing fucking career, and this dude has definite genre cred. I was always a fan of DP. Michael Myers once said, <laughs> "The child, darkest eyes, blackest, blackest eyes, eyes, like a doll's like eyes, like a doll's eyes, get these confused." And then, when those eyes roll over white, <laughs> Michael Myers <laughs> is still alive. For fifteen years, I tried to teach him how to drive. Somebody taught him how to drive. Uh, Maybe he watched a lot of television. Anyway, DP'd your mother last night. <laughs> Okay, that's my Donald Pleasance. He just, holy shit, he just showed up. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Donald Pleasance, Yeah, dude. Donald Pleasance, man. So 
let's see. Where 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 do we start, man? I mean, oh this guy God. did everything. I mean, he was in everything. Well, I guess there's a, there's a story that the reason that Donald Pleasance has such an amazing filmography is that he never turned down anything he was offered. Kind of like Michael Caine. Yeah, kind of. They just kept accepting role after role because yeah. they had bills to pay. Yeah. Well, you got to work. You got to work. Yeah. That's a good actor. It None is. of this Hollywood bullshit. Let me see the script first. No, here's a fucking check, dude. You, you, sold. Well, I'm on they're board. a professional. You yeah, know? Right. I mean, they're a professional, literally. Yeah. Doesn't he, matter what the job is. You do the best that you can. I don't hear a lot often of like actors like auditioning to be in a play and then turning the role down. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they go, "No, I'm going to go do this fucking show for you know." Yeah, but a when month. you get to have like a, a list of credits like Donald Pleasance did, that's like you know longer than my schlong. Uh, you know, you basically just get offered stuff, and it's like, yeah. "Oh, you thought of me? You wanted me to play this part for you? Well, sure, I'll play that part." <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. And by all you know understanding that i have you know he was a delightful man you know a kind of quiet spoken professional um i'm trying to think what, what he was a world war ii vet i mean he literally was was it world war ii or was it like the korean war no no, no it was world war ii okay. um because you know one of my favorite movies period not just my favorite donald pleasance movie but one of my favorite movie, movies uh, period uh and favorite war films is the great escape oh yeah and um Kind of the neat thing about The Great Escape is that the prison that they have in that one was supposed to be an analog for Stalag Luft Three, which right. was a prisoner of war camp for flyers, you know, airmen, you know, people that were shot down over enemy lines and stuff were put into these Luft Stalags, which, you know, the Air Force ran into all the security for at least the German Air Force, the Luftwaffe. Um, and Donald Pleasance served on board a plane. I don't think it may have been a bomber. I don't really know what the make of the plane was and stuff like that. But he did get shot down over Europe and actually was imprisoned, I think, in Stalag Luft 1. So he had legitimate experience in a movie that he's in where he's playing a shot-down flyer. Well, I don't really have to go through it. I can yeah. method act this out of my asshole because <laughs> yeah, right. I actually lived this. You Just know? give me my bourbon mm-hmm. and let me do this. I'm sure he's a tea drinker. Yeah, I'm sure he was too. Well, I mean, in the movie, he's a tea drinker. He's like, oh, sorry, he and James Garner have this great scene where he's talking about, you know, sorry, these weak tea leaves. I've used them like 15 times before, but, you know, that's all we get in the prison. So, Now, you just made me, you reminded me of the, the great story of when they were doing Escape from New York and <laughs> his character, the, the president of the United States, at the end of the, you know, goes through the whole shit that he goes through being kidnapped and finally climbs up to the top of the wall and he has uh this you know machine gun access whatever somebody gets Duke of New York <laughs> A number 1 <laughs> and he just starts firing he kills fucking chef and he told <laughs> he told uh John Carpenter later he was like I really got into that uh it reminded me mm-hmm. of my time in the war so yeah. I apologize if I got a little out of hand but uh, and of course, I was John there. Carpenter's there with a fucking chef's kiss, just going, Mwah. yeah, right, beautiful. We yeah. got it all, Mwah. and then like just a, like nicotine just starts pouring out of his mouth. Yes. Smoke. <laughs> but hey, they worked together quite a few times. I mean, not only did we get Doctor Loomis, but you know, we get the President of the United States, and then uh, they worked together again on Prince of Darkness yeah, too. As, so yeah, there, I mean, the, the man <laughs> Donald Pleasance did three. John Carpenter movies. Is that it? Well, I mean, he was in Halloween 2. I guess the Halloween two Halloween 4, yeah. 5, and 
whatever, you know, the ones that I don't like. So, uh, Oh, you're crazy. You can kiss my ass. They're all so good. You can never, ever, ever convince me that the strict Mustafa Akkad movies. They're so good. No. Four and five. So good. Six, seven, eight, H2O. I like the David Gordon Green stuff so far. But Donald Pleasance isn't in though. Well, he is. There's some stock footage, and then they got the guy that they put the prosthetics on. Yeah, which there was a damn fine prosthetic. It looked pretty good. Yeah, it looked pretty good. Was it uh, Chris Nelson that did that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, Donald Pleasance. I mean, so I think for most people, when they think of him, they probably go straight to Halloween. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably his most recognizable, at least to American audiences, I'm sure. But that's not the only iconic character. Well, no, I mean, like I said, uh, Flight Officer Blythe from The Great Escape, which yep. was a fantastic ensemble movie. So, yes. you know, if if you like war films, and even if you don't like war films, my wife Jamie, you know, she The Great Escape is one of her favorite movies. It's a wonderful just because film. they've got just so many amazing actors and performers in there. Um, it's somber in some places but it's also very uplifting it is kind of a bummer um bernard herman did the score for that yeah. which actually the ringtone on my phone is the theme from the oh, is escape it? Yeah. i guess i've never heard Here, it dude, so. call, call me right now <laughs> call me right now <clears throat> All right. Six. brandon is actually calling my phone right now as we speak Okay, that's all you get because we copyright and shit. Okay, <laughs> so we don't want to get sued. But you know, yes, I first have of all, to... fuck you for not putting your phone on silent while we're doing what a are show. You talking about? It was on silent. I had to turn it off of silent so the damn thing would ring. <laughs> that's why you only got like part way through. Um, but um, I mean, no, but really, when it comes to genre cred and stuff like that, I mean, if horror. War films, thrillers, creepy stuff. Um, going back, like he did one of the first film versions of 1984. Okay, uh, and that was the one where Peter Cushing played Winston Smith. So he had a relationship playing, you know, with with Peter Cushing. And one of the most famous movies that he did with Peter Cushing is The Flesh and the Fiends. Oh shit! Okay, which actually I think it's streaming on Shutter. You can is watch it? it there. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, at least it was at some point. So check and see but uh the flesh and the fiends is the story of burke and Hare. so those that's are right that's that right may not be familiar with burke and Hare. uh there's quite a few movies that have been done about the burke and Hare story uh these were the uh um the two grave res- robbers res- resurrectionists yeah. i guess is what they called them you know euphemistically yeah but yeah these were scottish grave robbers during the mid 19th century and they were in cahoots with this guy named dr knox because uh in edinburgh uh the university of edinburgh had like the world's preeminent medical school and at the time it was illegal to go through and dissect cadavers like they just, you know, religious groups and, you know, people in general uh, thought it was morbid and evil to allow medical students to cut up dead bodies to learn how they worked. 
you know, that's fine. We just look at it and we dream and we ask the devil, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever the fuck it was that they did. We you know, pray yes. to Satan <laughs> to heal us all. But Brick and Hare had quite a little business where they were going around digging up dead bodies. And then, of course, when business got too good and they were running low on supplies, they started uh, making the bodies dead <laughs> in order to be able to sell them. So they were going around killing people and then selling the corpses to this Dr. Knox. Who did he play? Who did uh Donald Pleasant's playing this. Uh, was he Burke or he, Hare? I can't. He was I one can't of the two. I think he was Burke in in that one. And then Peter Cushing, probably not Hare because yeah, he was bald. Yeah, he was bald. Yeah. Uh, but Peter Cushing played Doctor Knox in in that movie with this really wicked like friggin' eye scar. You know, he's got like this droopy eyelid thing going on, which is creepy as fuck. But yeah, so uh, Peter Cushing and Donald Pleasance, you know, worked together in that. And I think it was a Hammer film. Was it? It might have been. It sounds a like film. it would have been. Yeah, it's that creepy shit, and Peter Cushing's in it, so, you know, probably a Hammer film. Oh, but could have been an Amicus movie. It could have been, actually. Let's see if I can find that out. Let's see. Oh, mm-hmm. John Gillig, that doesn't look like a house people, produced by... Nope, no, none of those people are Hammer people. Triad Productions. So, Who the fuck? I don't know. But it's a classy movie because you get Donald Pleasance and Peter Cushing. Can I tell you what I always think of? Sure. When I th- so uh, David Warner, I think of Professor, you know, whatever Dick knows in Ninja Turtles two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Pleasance. The first thing I think of is Ernst Stavro Blofeld, which actually is the first time you would get to see the character's face. Yeah, and it's the most iconic. Blofeld, of all of them. And of course, for those of you that may not be familiar, Ernst Stavro Blofeld is the evil genius adversary of none other than James Bond 007. He, he's like his brother, and you know how you thought like the thing with Vesper Lynn Fuck was- that It's because shit. he did it, and it, he was the one behind all of it. What a Retconned. fucking waste. What a fucking waste. <laughs> No, he's the... He In is... summer, we had luge lessons. <laughs> the Fuck age you. Of I was ritually had my, my scrotum ritualistically shaved. By Daniel <laughs> we, Craig. We, we made meat helmets. Yes, he was the actually the... His look was the inspiration for Dr. Evil. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. And, and, and of course, it, what movie did he appear in, though? That We didn't say that right there. That would be... So it's the first time... Oh, You Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice. That was the... F- Fifth James Bond. That's right. The fifth Eon production James yeah, Bond movie. Yeah, right. But yes, uh, the the convention in that movie is pretty funny, though, because for the first half of the movie, you don't see Blofeld. You just you hear his voice, and you see you know his hands playing with the cat and stuff, and then all of a sudden, when Bond breaks into the volcano hideout and everything, and they bring him before Blofeld. He has a great reveal. The chair turns around. And he kind of like pushes forward. Yes. Like, you only live twice, Mr. Vaughn. Our agents in Singapore said that you had been assassinated. Yes, this is my second life. <laughs> you only live twice, Mr. Bond. It's crazy because a lot of people have played Blofeld, but that's the that I I I feel that most James Bond fans, that's probably where their mind goes. I think that they think of him. Well, once again, it was so incredibly iconic. Yeah. And then, you know, the Austin Powers movies did nothing but reinforce that particular thing. So just think of the look of Donald Pleasance with the voice of Lorne Michaels. I wish it was a better movie. 
That's not one of my favorite. You only live twice. It's 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 one of my. Oh, that's right. That's like your favorite. Well, it's not my favorite favorite. It's your favorite Sean Connery, though, isn't it? Uh, well, no, it's that's kind of hard to say. That's yeah. right. I forgot you really like that one. I, I, I do. I like well, I like all the Connery movies. I like that movie a lot. Um, is it by far the best of the Connery films? Hell no. Um, probably the best is going to be Goldfinger. Uh, I think probably the most accurate uh representation of the Ian Fleming books is from Rush with Love. I love Thunderball. I love Doctor No. Um but I've just I've got a real soft spot in my heart because like a lot of it takes place in Japan. So yeah. you only live twice, you know, Japan. It's got a little bit of a space angle in there and everything, which is kind of fun. Um a great opening where the spaceship swallows the yeah. the other spaceship. Yeah. And uh, which, of course, they totally ripped off in *The Spy Who Loved Me*. Yeah, they do the same exact. <laughs> thing. Well, the whole movie's pretty it's, much it's the, the same, same exact thing. movie. A, let's do it in the sea instead yeah. of space. Yeah, but yeah. we digress because we're not really talking about. No, Donald right. Pleasance we'll say that anymore. for our Bond yeah, podcast. Exactly, yeah, we'll, um, we'll put that in the other one. But uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree that you know that's another thing that uh, you gotta you gotta think about. Um, Donald Pleasance was also in a like one of. Four or five. There's been four or five adaptations of the Hands of Orlock. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So Donald Pleasance was in that. I think probably the most famous version of that is uh, Mad Love that Peter Lorre. Yeah, played that's right. Orlock in that one. Um, but Donald Pleasance was in in one uh, one of those versions of that movie. Um, we've talked about the Great Escape and everything, dude. Uh, he was in um, Roman Polanski's first I was movie. Just about to say. Fucking yeah. cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac. Yeah. Which he wears a lot of makeup in that movie. <laughs> You've seen it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he was in Polanski's first movie. And then probably one of my all-time favorite sci-fi movies, you know, because this gives him more Ooh, genre. Ooh, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. He plays Dr. Michaels, the double agent in Fantastic Voyage. Fantastic Voyage! <laughs> I love the trailer for that oh movie. Oh, my God. Well, you know, You've it's just... never seen anything like this, fuckface. <laughs> Look at this shit. Look at these special effects. Fallopian tubes. <laughs> How did fallopian tubes get inside of a man? We don't know. Watch the movie and find out. You know, um, I, I love Fantastic Voyage. I mean, ever since a little kid, the idea of shrinking and being injected into a human body, which, you know, Joe Dante kind of revisited that in Inner Space, yeah. which is another one of my... There's a fucking double feature for you right there. Man. Oh, my Watching God. Well, yeah. Fantastic oh, dude, Voyage totally. in Inner Space. Yes, yes. I mean, both of those movies are visual feasts, and, I mean, you have a good, solid four hours of entertainment there. Um, Take a hit of acid, oh, smoke a big, I'm going to do that right bowl. now. Let's just do that. Let's just stop Maybe, the show. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, I'm going to go smoke a big fat bowl <laughs> and watch a double feature. I did doze your drink, by the way. Oh. So <laughs> I think it's starting to kick in. It's dude. clam chowder. I just wanted to reference the David Warner thing right again. Um, but I, I love Fantastic Voyage. You want to know something? Do you remember that movie Monster House? Uh, the animated film? Yeah. Yeah. So that was directed by Gil Keenan, the guy who co-wrote the new Ghostbusters movie and another movie, City of Ember. Uh, but uh, it was written by... Uh, two guys that most people now know at least one of them dan Harmon and rob schraub yeah so uh dan Harmon did community and rick and morty yeah and rob schraub uh is works on that and also co-created the sarah silverman program and scuthered disposable assassin the one of the best indie comics of all time schraub you're not and uh they their original draft of that movie 
was the kids go, it was a monster house. What it turned into was like, it's a ghost that possesses the house and makes it move and, and live and whatever. Mm-hmm. But the original draft was when they go into the house, they put on these, like they homemade these homemade these like diving suits and they go in and like behind the panes of glass, there's optic nerves and eyeballs and it's their homage to fantastic planet or Fantastic, no, Fantastic Voyage. Voyage. Yeah, Fantastic Planet's a totally That's another movie to drop way. acid and watch. <laughs> Very but, French. <laughs> but that was their it was their homage to Fantastic Voyage. It was going to be but a horror version of it where they're swimming around and it's a house and the house's optics of the mechanics of that and yeah. I all I could think of and I've read that script is just like god damn that that's the movie they should have made. Yep. Um and it was it's prime and I still I think right now it's prime to revisit that. Like let's do a remake of Fantastic Voyage Hell Disney. Yes. The, what the fuck Th- is there Disney? we go. Doing what? What are they doing? This other shit? Like guys, you got some. Is is it Disney? Is Fantastic Voyage Disney? No, no, it wasn't Disney. Why did I think it was Disney? Why the fuck did I go get so? I want to say that? it was 20th Century Fox that did. Uh, well, I guess they they yeah they own it now, right? Um, oh well, if if it was Fox, then yeah, definitely. Um, it was it was Fox, so they probably yeah. have the rights to it. Yeah, so fuck you, Disney. Well, here's here's the best part though. The man that directed Fantastic Voyage was also the man that uh, directed Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Ooh, yeah, Richard Fleischer did both of those movies. Actually, and I'm reading about this right now. Apparently, Guillermo del Toro was in talks to direct the a remake. Oh God, man! I would I would I would love to see with the effects that we have. James now, Cameron. Was also supposed to do it. <clears throat> see that—that's a movie that I would—I would oh, I would give my left nut to see a remake of Fantastic Voyage. But for but now, somewhere they got to include Coolio in there because he's—is he in the original? No. <laughs> Why Coolio? What Seriously? are you talking? What are you talking Come about? On and take a oh. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> slide, slide, slippy slide. Oh my god. All right, so what else is he in? Dude, he, 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 his career is insane. What else? What else do you have? Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> I could go on and on. Uh, he, was in, he was in George Lucas's first movie. He oh, was THX 1138. 1138? Yeah, he was in THX 1138. 99. Do you know that song by Toto? No, I know the song by Luft Balloons. Anyway, that's about uh, that's a reference to THX 1138. That's what nerds those guys are. Nerds. <laughs> I kind of like that movie though. Do you? I love the stark the starkness of of the the art direction and the set design in that movie. Uh, I love the fact that you know the cops have those you know metallic masks. Um, if I remember correctly, I, I own the movie. I've got the movie. I haven't watched it in a while. Um, but if I remember correctly, you know Donald Pleasance is a bit of a little bitch in that movie. Is he? As well. I don't really remember yeah. it. I don't. Sid Haig's in that movie too. Isn't Robert Duvall the lead? Yes, Robert Duvall's yeah. in there. George Lucas. Yes, George Lucas. <laughs> um, did you ever see Deathline? Deathline. The I, a Gary Sherman film. Um, the guy, the, the guy who directed Poltergeist three. Um, about the the. Uh, uh, subway the tube the London tube and there's like a cannibal monster eating people you know ironically enough I don't think I've seen the movie but I've seen the trailer isn't I think it had another title too I feel like yeah. it had another uh, another name that I, I cannot recall off the top of my head um, 
Because but... like there's the there's uh was it the freak maker? What's that? It was on Joe Bob actually, like, you know, a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh really? Yeah. And I you know, that that's that's probably what put Donald Pleasance kind of somewhere in my head because I think that might have been the last thing I watched that had Donald Pleasance in it where I kind of came home late one night and everything and I think Joe Bob was on it. Might have been the second feature, and I was like, "Hey, it's Donald Pleasance. Let's sit here and watch this movie." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, "Well, shit," because I think like he's a doctor that goes through and does like crazy surgery and a bunch of people, and hmm. you know, makes them into weird mutations and stuff. But I mean, you know, I think probably another example of how the guy just didn't say no. You know, he was a working actor. Dude, get this. He is also, along with David Warner, in From Beyond the Grave. No shit. Yeah. So we get a connection there. So we have a six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of dealio. Ooh, we should do, we should link all of our guys together when we're done with our, with our. That might be kind of fun. We'll see if we can do that. We'll see if we can do that. Okay. But, um, I mean, we, we were talking about Disney earlier too, uh, Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh, shit. Yeah. Starring The Rock. Yes. Yes. The Rock and Donald Pleasance. <laughs> now, there's a Perry. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was, uh, I think, you know, one of the early 1970s Disney ones, you know, with. Uh... Well, I'm trying to remember because there's a couple of those movies. There's Return to Witch Mountain. There's Escape to Witch Mountain. Yeah, I never saw any of them. I, I get them all mixed up. I, I hate to say it, but it's got. Uh... The girl. Let's see. Um. Let me see if I can tie this all together here for a second. Okay. The boy, the alien boy from Escape to Witch Mountain is the guy that plays Scotty's nephew in Star Trek II that burns to death or like gets the radiation burns. Okay. It's like, <laughs> when all the other con- candidates ran, you know, cadets ran, he stayed at his post. <laughs> okay. So uh, that guy, Scotty's nephew, is in Escape to Witch Mountain. And then the girl is the girl from, uh... oh my God, John Carpenter's... Um, assault on Precinct 13. She's the girl that fucking Frank Doubleday shoots on the street corner. When, when oh, she goes the little girl. She oh goes to God, get, she goes to get the, ice cream. the ice cream. She gets the ice cream. Yes, and then all the best sudden, part they, of the movie. They <laughs> shoot her right at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. She plays the alien girl in that explodes. movie. And then That's I'm trying right. to think, Christopher Lee's in that movie. Betty Davis is in that movie. And Donald Pleasance is in that movie, too. Hey, do you think um, Donald Pleasance... And um, Eddie Albert. And... Uh, Betty and who did you say? Who who else did you say? Uh, Christopher, Christopher Lee? Lee. Do you think Donald Pleasance and Christopher Lee uh, double teamed Betty Davis? Well, he is DP. I mean, <laughs> Donald Pleasance. So, did you imagine that? Oh my god! Imagine it, Chris. Right now, think about it. Oh my gosh! Think about it. It's amazingness. <laughs> Absolute amazingness. Um, what about um, uh? Oh, you know what I? You know what I just? I just got this movie on VHS. I found it um, at some like uh, I don't know, fucking flea market or something. But he was also in Puma Man. Puma Man. Did you ever see that uh, Puma Man? Isn't he like a? <laughs> it's a superhero though, right? Yes, he's the bad guy. Oh my gosh! Well, he's in a movie called Journey into Fear. Which, okay, uh, that's a Canadian movie, which you know everybody loves canadian films but sam waterston zero mostel yvette Mamieu, vincent price donald pleasance shelly winters joseph wiseman who was dr, dr. No, no and ian mcshane 
a young Ian oh, McShane. Holy shit. Yes. And that was a remake of a movie that uh, Orson Welles had made back in the 40s, Journey into Fear. I mean, um, just so many great fucking movies. I mean, just like you could go through. I mean, there is, is this is this genre to say uh, Sergeant Pepper is the Lonely Hearts Club Band? It's a musical film. I mean, but it's it not a of, musical. But I mean, it's it's that's an oddball movie, right? there. Oh my god! I was in that. That was uh, the first play I was ever in. Really, I was Sergeant in an adap- adaptation of Sergeant Pepper. I played uh, actually. I think I played Donald Pleasance. Did he play Mean Mister Mustard? No. Did you shave your head for that? Mister Mustard was played by someone else, wasn't he? Damn it. I thought that would have been a pretty cool little comparison. Um, Oh, Jaguar Lives. (laughs) That's another one. I also just found... Dude, I just found the VHS of that, and I just like to call it Jaguar Lives. Yeah. No, Jaguar Lives. That's awesome. You know, like what? Land of the Minotaur. I mean, listen to all this shit. What's another really strong one for you? I mean, seriously, I'm looking at this, and we're, we're just seeing tons of... Oh, Tons of genre shit here, man. Another one of my favorite friggin' movies here. Uh, John Badham's Dracula with Frank Langella. Oh, my God. He, he's, plays, uh, he plays Dr. He's Seward. Dr. Seward. So it's him and Laurence Olivier, who's playing Van Helsing, and then he plays Dr. Seward in that. So, that's yeah, right. I mean, that's that's another. Wow. And I love that movie. And, of course, Escape from New York as the president. Um, oh, my God. Jack Shoulder special. Alone in the dark. Oh yes, of course you get Martin Landau in that. Yeah, Donald and, I mean, Pleasance, and then who's the third lunatic? Uh, uh, oh my God, now I have to look because it's <laughs> yeah, like that was Jack Shoulders' first movie. It sure was. Um, uh, oh oh, fucking Jack Palance. Jack Palance. There we go. There's a fucking collection right there of just crazy, and, and of course Howling Mad Murdoch. By the way, that's a fun movie to play. Drunk or not, yeah. too. <laughs> and, and actually, D- Donald Pleasance is a great member to that edition. Drunk or not. You watch his movies and just guess whether or not he was drunk. What scenes he's drunk or sober in. It's a very fun game to play. Frankenstein's great aunt Tilly. Fucked her. Oh, well, that's good to know. <laughs> Terrell in the Isles. Oh, oh yeah, the, uh, the documentary about... Um, um, d- just like clips of movies, he yeah. he's really funny. He just pops up. I think isn't like Nancy Allen's in that too. Yeah. So he's like across the the theater from her. He's like, "Ooh, that was scary, wasn't it? How about this scary it stuff?" Gave me a nice little tingly, tingly down below. <laughs> um. Oh, phenomenon! He did a movie with Argento and oh, Jennifer right. Conley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he's that the... movie freaked the fuck out of me. That little fucking mutant kid and stuff. Yeah. Like when the flies eat him, he rips his face off. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. But he was the uh, the old like wheelchair bound uh, entomologist that knew all the the stuff about. He's bugs. got the pet monkey. Yeah, is he wheelchair bound? I don't remember that, but I I don't he, really. I thought he was in wheelchair in that. I can't. I remember. wonder if you're thinking about monkey shines. If you're mixing them up, if you're like well, thinking probably about probably not monkey shines. My cousin was the DP. Oh, oh my god, my cousin oh was the DP on monkey shines. <laughs> it's all coming together. Oh my gosh, Donald Pleasance, double penetration. And do you think your cousin and Donald Pleasance squish fisted the little monkey? <laughs> the little monkey. <laughs> Jimmy, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, dude. I really am. Please come on the show. Um, um, how about how about Prince of Darkness? Yeah, we well that was like the third movie that he and uh, John Carpenter did. I mean, is that the the 
underrated Carpenter. I don't want to say masterpiece. No, because you want to know something? Like, I think Prince of Darkness is fucking weak. Do you really? Yeah, I oh, do. Oh, man, I love there's, it. There's, there's lots of things that I like in that movie, particularly fucking Victor Wong and Donald Pleasance together in scenes. I, yeah. I think those there's two are amazing. There's a lot of Donald Pleasance saying, do you feel that dream that you have? You feel it? You know, you I love it? Dennis Dunn. Which you know, yeah. there's an actor that I wish you know, got more work and everything. Um, what's his face from uh, Simon and Simon? What's his name? Simon or Simon? No, the other Simon. <laughs> you know that TV show from the '80s, Simon and yeah, Simon. It was Gerald I... McCraney and who's the other guy? He plays the dude with the mustache. Oh, and... oh, 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 uh, Jameson. Jameson Parker? No, Parker Jameson... James. No, wait a second. Yeah, Jameson Parker. Parker Jameson. Jameson Parker. Parker Lewis can't lose. Well then, who was the one that was on? You're you're thinking of him, Baywatch and uh, the Hardy Boys. Oh, that's Parker Stevens. Parker Stevens. Okay, so yeah, Jameson. Parker. My dad always gets them confused yeah, too. Jameson Parker. Yeah, Mister Mustache, which is actually kind of crooked if you look at yeah. it. Yeah, and then of course it's that chick that was. Uh, she was in Dead and Buried. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, she plays the love interest. Um, yeah, you know, in, not in Dead and Buried. Nurse, in nurse Needle in the Eye. That's right. That's there. right. And she comes back with all of her flesh ripped off, aka yeah. Hellraiser style. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're not a huge Prince of Darkness fan, huh? Uh, not a huge one. You know, I, it was one of those movies that I think was built up for me. When I finally watched, it, I was like, "Is that it?" I I I love that movie. Yeah. I also I had it on VHS. It was one of those ones that I just always watched, and I it really creeped me out. And I think Donald Pleasance's like quiet, whispery performance added to it. He's just yeah. so like so so somber the whole time. You know, you're like, okay, okay, the Brotherhood of Sleep, <laughs> the box, and we woke him, we woke him, you know, whatever the fuck. Uh, uh, he's great in that. Uh, Nosferatu in Venice with Klaus Kinski. I never, I don't think I saw that one. Vampire in Venice also, is that the other title yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah, it's also called Vampire in Venice. Um, But Christopher Plummer's in that movie, too. <laughs> yeah, I never saw that one. Hmm. I'll tell you what I have seen, though. What have I you have seen? I have seen... River of Death. River of Death. He's a. Uh, that's a. It's. It's not a. Very oh, good movie. it's a Michael Dudikoff movie. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I watched that once for a Friday night pizza party. That was a screening we had, and um, yeah, Donald. Play- <laughs> it's not very good. It's yeah, not no. very good. But it was fun to watch. But you want to know something? Donald Pleasance probably made it classier than it would have been without him in it. Yeah, he definitely was drunk. <laughs> he was definitely drunk. But yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, there was also, what, the House of Usher? Oh, God, that's right. He did those. It was uh, not very good. Yeah, that was those Harry Allen Towers productions of, of Edgar Allan Poe. I remember those. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of the bummer, right, is that he, well, you know, he passed away and he, yeah. he died while they were filming Halloween 6. So. The movie makes no sense because he died while they were making it. And they're like, oh, fuck. We just have to. Uh... Well, I guess that third reel's going to go right in the shitter. Yep, yep. There's a scene where you just hear Donald Pleasant scream, no! And I've always been convinced that that's like he actually died right after he did that. And they were like. I thought that's when they set him on fire. <laughs> yeah, he survived that one. <laughs> Look what he did to me. Look! What he did to me. Do you ever hear the story about him in Halloween 4? Because he survived the fire in part 2. Um, and he just has like this burn mark on his face. But the, it, the makeup was so shitty. It was like an out-of-kit makeup. And it has this huge... It's like a boil on the side of his face. Did he pop it? He 
had a girlfriend on set um and his and they would be they would just be drinking all day mm-hmm. and his girlfriend was like it looks like a boil don it looks fucking ridiculous and so he went and complained i'm just picturing him like getting drunk off of bourbon and going like take it off my face i will not wear this makeup and they so halfway through the movie his makeup changes <laughs> you know, he's donald fucking pleasance come on <laughs> you just like think about it before you put it on him you know why are you putting is that his fault no, it's not, but I just I love the idea that they're just like fuck it. Just yeah, I was a... never one of those people that they were always like, you know, just shut up and wear the costume. <laughs> fuck you, this looks ridiculous. You're not the asshole that has to go out there and wear this thing underneath fucking hot lights and do fucking blocking. So kiss my rosy red ass. But at the same time, oh dude, okay, so I just watched this is a quick little deviation. Open this tab up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um there's a, a new documentary out called Pennywise, the story of it. And mm-hmm. it's a documentary about the making of the Which original, the, 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 the miniseries. miniseries. And so Tim Curry. Yeah. And Richard Mazur is in the, in that movie. Sure. He plays Stanley, to, uh, Stanley, uh, Uris. down here. We all float. And he actually gets to say that line. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this interview, in, in that movie, he, he like, they open up a refrigerator. Hi guys. And his head's in the refrigerator yeah. severed or whatever. So they're, doing this interview with him for this documentary and he's talking about it and he's like they put me in this refrigerator and they put this thing in and it locks me in so i'm having to sit there and i'm just getting really angry and then of course they start coming in and they put these soda can bottles in the fridge and they start putting these foods in the in the thing so i'm just i get so worked up and i'm just watch listen to this dickhead talk and i'm just like Dude, shut up! What the fuck do you think? You're a, it's a movie. You're an actor. You you're in a horror movie, a special effects movie, and you're complaining about having to the like the art directors and set dressers doing their job, and it's getting in the way of you doing your job, which is just to be a severed head in a fridge. You should have just said no in the first. I just it drove me. Come on, nuts. dude, you were in the thing. Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't have to wear any makeup. Just shoot Maybe me in the head, why, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he's just not they used to it. They did a fucking wax bullet hole on his I head. I was just like, could you imagine if he had to go through any of the things that his other actors had to go through in the thing? He's like, I ain't fucking doing that. Yeah, no shit. God, ugh. I've heard a lot of bad stories about yeah. Richard Mazur. Well, I mean, he was in License to Drive. Yeah, and uh, uh, Boogeyman. Or, uh, Mr. Mr. Boogity. Bride of Boogity. Mr. Boogity. All the Boogity Boogities. <laughs> boogity Boogity. Okay, boogity Boogity. We'll close that tab. All right. Thank you. All right. Well, I mean, I think that, that pretty much kind of wraps it up. I mean, like, as you can hear... Donald Pleasance was in friggin' everything. I mean, the guy did war films, he did science fiction, he did thrillers, he did espionage movies, he did, you know, all-out horror movies, gothic horror. Two Brits get to hang out together in the celluloid catacomb. Yes. Well, Don, welcome. Welcome, and I'm sure... Enshrined. So here we have our second enshrinement in the celluloid catacomb, David Warner, please welcome your fellow thespian and newest inductee, Donald Pleasance. They're already drunk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got two Brits, um, but now I think we need to add a little bit of American spice. Yeah! I'm talking about some real fucking Brooklyn fucking spice! He was from the Bronx, dude. Uh, yeah. 
What what did I that's what I said. I said the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx. Yeah, the Bronx. Yeah. Hey, hey, Jamie, how's this sound? Is this a good Bronx accent? She's going to punch you right in the dick. Is this a good Brooklyn accent? Next time she sees you, she's going to punch you square in the dick. All right. So that is... All right. That's that's who I want to add, dude. My... Uh, my choice. I love who we've got. I just think now let's shake it up with sure. uh, a little bit of a maniac. They're all maniacs, as far as I'm concerned. But here's one more for the um, for the catacomb, Mister Dick Miller. I don't know. I think it should be Doctor Dick Miller. I guess it's now. Is that do we know this? I for don't sure? know, man. I don't know. I I, I read somewhere Wikipedia is only in so. a couple places that said that Dick Miller earned a PhD in psychology and worked at Bellevue Hospital before he relocated out to Los Angeles for acting work. I I honestly I don't know. I don't know if it's apocryphal or what, but there I saw it in more than one place. Maybe, um, you know, like Gregory McDonald, the guy that wrote the Fletch novels, yeah. he always claimed that he paid for his Harvard education by running a uh, uh, a yacht um, trading company. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, and everybody was like, that's not true. And he's like, I swear to God it's true. <laughs> and people were like, okay, whatever you say. Uh, there's no record of that, but if you say so, I don't know. See, here's it says right here. Attended the City College of New York, Columbia University, and New York University, eventually receiving his PhD degree, Doctor of Philosophy in Psychology. He was a writer before turning to act. Which I did know that. Yeah, I knew that too. Okay. Well, so yeah, Doctor. Because he used to write like jingles, commercial jingles yeah. and stuff when he was in New York. That's right. Yeah. Dr. Richard Miller. Dr. Richard Miller. Born on Christmas Day. Not bad for a Jewish guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everybody loved that. Hey, man, the most famous Jew in history was born on Christmas, so he's walking in tall cotton. <laughs> All right, Chris, what's the first thing you think of when you think of Dick Miller? What's the first movie that pops into your head? No cheating. The first movie that pops yes. in my head? Gremlins. Okay. That's the yeah. first movie that pops in my yeah. head. Me too. <clears throat> yeah. Very first thing. Because and, that's probably the first thing I saw him in. And then probably Little Shop of Horrors was the second thing I saw him in. Oh, the original? Yes, the original. As Mr. Fouch, the yes. plant eater um, that they do away with in the musical and the uh, the remake. Yeah. Um, and it's actually pretty funny. Uh, the character's pretty funny. Well, yeah, because he carries the salt shaker around with him, you know, and goes and eats the flowers. What a weird movie. Yeah. Well... It's you know you say Gremlins and I think that that's probably where most people know. Uh, I mean he was considered Mary Futterman. He was considered uh, Joe Dante's good luck charm. Sure, and he put him in pretty much every everything he did. Everything he did from Hollywood Boulevard all the way through to um, Small know, Soldiers, Lo- Looney Tunes, Back in Action, and Small Soldiers. Yeah, um, but he's been in. So much more, and oh my God. I would bet. I, now I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling that he was probably out of both of the people we've talked about so far. He probably has more credits. Uh, it's possible, not necessarily bigger roles, but more credits. I don't know exactly how many, and maybe we could do that. Like, look on IMDb and do like a look and see in, in a little bit here and see like how many each one of them have. Ooh, that's a fun game. What we can we can go guess the after, we'll guess how many each person has. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. So, um, all right. So Dick Miller gets to start doing doing westerns, but we okay. 
let's just go through this fucking filmography. And if anything, if anybody deserves driving infamy, it's the man who's been linked to more to to the man basically responsible for drive-ins himself, Roger Corman. Roger Corman, hell yeah. So he started off, I think, as a writer for Roger Corman, um, doing stuff, and then eventually Corman was like, "Come, come act, come be in these movies." It conquered the world. That's his first. That's his first thing. But I mean, look at this. Not of this earth. He's in that. But you know what? I don't think I've ever seen the original Not of This Earth. Really? I saw the remake with Tracy Lords. That's also fun. That's a fun had movie. Tracy Lords in yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Both or that that movie was made on a bet. Yeah. Just like a lot of Roger Corman stuff. Yeah. I, I'll bet you we can make this movie in three days or whatever Jim Wynorski said. Right. Crazy. Um, but yeah, his. I think he is his real. The thing that he was people took note of uh is um a bucket of blood yep where he plays a character he would go on to play a lot walter paisley yeah or at least the same name i think a lot of nerds like film nerds who are making movies were like well that's our in joke you know he'll be called walter paisley and see this. you next wednesday yeah i never really believe it's the same character <clears throat> well no, especially because he doesn't he die in a bucket of blood uh yeah 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 he gets killed yeah that back-to-back Bucket of Blood and Little Shop of Horrors where he's in both of those movies. Um, but then it goes on and on. So I, I th- this, the ones that stand out to me in a, in a funny way are like the premature burial mm-hmm. and the terror where he plays both of those. He has to play this kind of, you know, like European Europe. sophisticate. Yeah. And, and it's so funny to well, see he's him. kind of a butler, I guess, in the terror, right? Yeah. But but regardless, he's, but he's wearing hanging. this like little Lord Fauntleroy outfit, you know, like the, you know the names of these costumes more than I do, but like the, the white thing around your neck. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a rough, but. Yeah. You know, and like. He's like an ascot. Epaulets, or is that what they're called on your shoulders? Yeah. Or, and he's just like purple. And like frills, yeah. Basically, he's dressed, he's dressed like George Lazenby <laughs> in the Bond movie and on Her Majesty's Secret Service. He's dressing like a dandy fop in these movies, and they're set in this like these old castles. And, and here's a guy with a Bronx accent. Bronx accent is so funny. We got to get out of here. What's the deal? It's like Joe <laughs> D'Alessandro in, yes, in, in in yeah in Dracula. Andy Dracula. He's a vampire. He's a vampire. <laughs> And you got Dick Miller there. He's like, yeah, he's a fucking vampire. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Let me tell you something. Kentucky Harvester. Oh, that's good. It's a Kentucky Harvester. Holy shit. Dick Miller is here. It sounds just like him. That's good. That's a good Dick Miller. Hey, make sure you get free lunch on this thing, okay? Okay. All right. Old WWII. (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice night. I think I'm a (laughs) walk <laughs> all right, what else is he in? So all these Corman things, dude. The, oh, X, the man, X, with, man the with the X-ray, X-ray eyes, eyes, man. Yeah, with Ray Milland. And then, of course, um, I guess he did a lot a lot of stuff, too, uncredited, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, but the Wild Angels, dude. Uh, the Dirty Dozen. He was in the Dirty Dozen. Oh, he was, one of the, he was the MP. Okay, okay yeah. just a small role, probably just shows up. Uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Is Did you ever see that Warren one? Oates? That's the, uh, is, is Warren Oates in that? It's the Roger Corman. Oh, no, it's Jason Robards. That's it. That's it. 
That's Sorry. actually a pretty. That, yeah, that's a pretty no, good movie. War Notes played Dillinger. Sorry. Yeah. Get my uh, get my gangsters mixed up here. That's a pretty good movie, man. It is a pretty good movie. Um. Oh. Oh my God. And of course, and he's in the trip. The trip. Oh, dude. That with, fucking written movie. by Jack Nicholson. Um. Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. Give me the Thorazine. No, man. You don't need the Thorazine. Ah. I just you know like Dick Miller's one of these guys that like you know had the best stories about Hollywood. Yeah. But also seemed like the kind of guy that's like. Eh, you, you don't need to know about that part of the story. Uh, I think he had a certain level of class. I know? think he did, too. I really do. I think he he understood certain things. Um, but he's in all these movies. So he's in Night Call Nurses. He's in all the nurse things, <laughs> yeah. the student teachers and, and, and like the, the young nurses. Um, but he Are they really... titties in the movie? <laughs> all right, Roger, I'll do it. I, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. Not for me. Not for me. But I'll I'll do it. How many titties? <laughs> now, how many titties are we talking? Look, you don't need to credit me. I'll do it uncredited. But how many titties are we talking? <laughs> Death Race 2000. Six. We're talking six. We're talking six breasts, Dick. So we got three pairs there? All right. Uh-huh. All right, I'll do it. Si- I'm, excuse me. Six pairs, of course. There will be breasts. Oh, so that's 12 titties. You gotta, can we get a baker's dozen of titties in there? <laughs> <laughs> we'll throw in an extra to get that even 13 <laughs> um yeah he d- god damn dude so i mean roger corman was his bread and butter absolutely which uh, gave him access early access to all these up-and-coming directors that were working for corman so jim cameron joe dante jonathan demi uh jonathan kaplan arkish george armitage yeah paul bartell yeah alan arkish i guess um uh your mom <laughs> Barbara Peters Barbara Dick, Peters yeah. yeah Robert Zemeckis So you know Louis Teague shit Yeah he starts working with all these guys but he he does make a name for himself he's very funny in a lot of these movies so he's in God damn dude look at these like a big bad mama candy striped nurses summer school teachers yeah you I said mean, the classic you know AIP New World Man. Roger Corman you know, it's just it's it's amazing. All these drive in movie credits, which, of course, makes the scene in Hollywood Boulevard all the more funny, too, because, I mean, not only do we get the moment where they're in the drive drive through <laughs> the drive in watching the terror, you know, and it's like it's so meta. It's so, so meta. It is. It's <laughs> wild to think about. It. Yeah, he's watching himself in the terror in yeah, a yeah, drive in. Yeah, yeah, that's me. That was pretty good. Look at me, I'm pretty good over there. Yeah. But it's crazy because, so he's in all these movies and he's what I would call a, uh, um, what do you call the kind of actor that, oh my God. A character actor? No, not a character actor. I don't really like that term. I don't, I'm not a fan of that term. I feel like it's a little demeaning. I feel like, yeah, play a character. It's it, a character actor feels really like a Hollywood term to me. It doesn't feel like an actual performance. Okay, term. so what are you getting at then? So you reformulate. The, What's your... the word when you're? It's, I feel like it starts with an R. Not repertory actor, uh, but like a guy like you, like like a, a a a pinch hitter, like a guy that you can always count on to do a ringer. Not a ringer. Well, that's what you're describing. Yeah, I guess I guess I am. But that's not what I... But yeah, okay. I mean, a repertory player was probably a good one because he was part of Roger Corman's repertory. Right. And then he became part of Joe Dante's Utility repertory. Utility player. 
Okay. Maybe that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Something yeah, like that. Maybe. Okay. Always like always going to do a good job. Fucking dependable. Very dependable. Always going to do something good. But I really think it was when these film nerd directors started taking over Hollywood that especially Joe Dante started using him very cleverly and 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 smart and giving him something to actually do a little bit more. Well, how often let me let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt here, okay. but, but you know, think about this. How often have you gone through and watched a movie, not knowing a whole lot about the movie, and then all of a sudden you see fucking Dick Miller in that movie? You go, oh yeah, yeah. you you. It makes he makes every movie better. Exactly. Like, um, Much like all the other people that we've been talking about this evening. So yes, yeah, he's like the Dick perfect Miller's spice. He in just it great fucking brings company. out the flavors. He steals every scene he's in, but not in a bad way. Mm-mm. It's not because he's a fucking hog, Mm-mm. you know, or a ham. Well, maybe just a because ham. he's so interesting to watch. He's always. Well, and he's a fucking, I mean, think about it, dude. The, the guy's like five foot five. Yeah. He's a friggin' midget, <laughs> And yet he's a fucking powerhouse, yeah. too. I yeah. mean, you can't take your eyes off him. Every friggin' scene. And I mean, recently, you know, we went through and we watched Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there watching those scenes with him. And I'm like, he's hysterical. His bits are great. He's great. And, and he, he's so natural. With everything, the way he delivers his lines are natural, and he always finds a way to make it sound completely believable. He has the great line, even like in Piranhas, what about the damn piranha? Like everything, <laughs> he's just, he's so fascinating, fascinating to watch. Um, and you know what's crazy is, so I have I have like all these old Fangorias from back in the day, the golden era of Fangoria, and there's... Uh, there was like some weird thing going on in the letters column for years where people were like, more Dick Miller, like Dick Miller, more needs Dick. A- yeah, more Dick, which is something Brandon has been saying on this show for years now. Brandon wants more Dick in movies. There should be more, more Dick in movies. I agree um, with myself. <laughs> I agree with myself. Self, I agree. Um, but but so, Fangoria wanted more Dick, too. So they always talk about it. they're like, we don't understand. Why are there? Why is there not uh, full coverage on Dick Miller in every issue. And it was it became like a running joke, I think, with like certain readers of the magazine. Yeah. So there was a stretch where literally every issue there's like a hidden Dick Miller joke. Like he pops up in some way, shape, or form and you have to like find it. It's a real treat to kind of like go back and once you realize that. But uh So dude, the search for Dick. The search for Dick. Um look at all these I mean I, I we're never going to get through all well, these movies. I mean, movies. You look, the guy worked with Scorsese. He worked with Steven Spielberg. Piranha. Okay, so he's in Piranha, which is one of my favorites. That's a that's a July Fourth. Is he? Oh, you said Steven Spielberg. He's in 1941. He's in 1941. Yeah, playing himself, Officer Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, used cars. He's got a small little. John Belushi took a shit in my patrol car. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a great scene in The Howling as a uh, as the occult bookstore owner Walter Paisley. That's right. Who's like yeah, the Manson kids used to hang around here and shoplift. Yeah, that's well. That was the third time I think that he played Walter Paisley, right? I think so. Yeah, because he played it in Bucket of Blood, and then he played it in Hollywood Boulevard. He was the agent. That's right. He was Walter Paisley, occult bookshop owner in The Howling. Um, he played Walter Paisley in uh, in Chopping Mall. That's right. That's right. So, okay, The Howling. Oh, my God, dude. Smokey Bites the Dust. Heart Beeps. Movie Madness. White Dog. 
the Samuel Fuller movie, mm-hmm. um, Police Squad, directed by Joe Dante, oh, the episode that he directed. That. Um, Twilight Zone, the movie, plays Walter, the bar owner. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. In the With Joe the, Dante segment. It's a good life. Of course, Gremlins. He has an awesome. Oh, he's in Truck Turner. Yes, dude. <laughs> um, he has an awesome scene in The Terminator. Oh, yeah. He's the gun store owner, right? Yeah, who yeah. gets fucking blown away. But it's such... That scene is so Hey, you show me your hardware. I love that scene. And he's great. He makes it. And he, yeah. and he does a similar role in uh, Night of the Creeps, where he plays a guy who has to give... Oh, he's the uh, the the cop behind the desk at the, uh, the evidence room. Walt. Yeah. Walt. <laughs> well, look at that. And he plays, of course, Walter Paisley in Chopping Mall. Yeah. Um, he's in, uh, he, of course, he's in Explorers. Yeah, he's in Fame, the TV sh- series. He was on that a lot. Yeah, D- the dude just you're one of your favorites. Inner Space. He was the cab driver in that. <sighs> uh, one night stand. Get back in your cab. <laughs> Amazon women on the moon. Yeah. Uh, I kind of love that movie. Um, Dead Heat. Do you remember Dead Heat? Yes. Haven't we talked about it on the show before? Probably. Probably. I mean, Joe Piscopo. Come on, man. Yeah, how can you not love it? <laughs> the Burbs. The yeah. Burbs. Which uh, actually, it's him and Picardo. Oh, that's right. They're the, they're they're the, garbage, the garbage men. men. Yeah. <sighs> so Robert Picardo. From... Of course, he's in Gremlins 2, the new batch of the Joe Dante masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Evil Tunes, Unlawful Entry. It just goes on and on and oh, on. Oh, that's right. And he was on The Flash, too. The 1990s Flash with John Wesley Shipp. Who did he play in that? Fosnight. He was uh, an informant. Along with, uh, was Mark Hamill as the, the trickster. trickster? It was uh, Mark Hamill and Corrine Borer who played Prank. Corrine Borer the, from the Police Academy movie? Yes. She was Mark Hamill's- She's only in one. Uh, part four. Yeah, she's in part four. Citizens on Patrol. <laughs> Just Citizens on patrol. We should just do a fucking police academy podcast coming soon. Kareen <laughs> Bohr, she was hot. Um, all right, I'm gonna. I mean, I just want to wrap it up a little because it. I, I feel like we could just keep going on this for a long time. Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. He's got a voice in that. He oh, it. he was in Pulp Fiction, but his scene got cut. That's what I see. I don't. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen the deleted scene. I don't so think I either. But yeah, Monster Joe's truck and tow. So Julia Sweeney plays his daughter. So we see her in the movie, but we don't see the part with Dick Miller, which sucks. Oh yeah, and he was in Demon Knight, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Oh my god, dude! Yes, he's great in Demon Knight. He, th- he's, yep, he's the heart of the movie, and he's one of the scariest looking demons. Like yeah. when he gets killed and possessed, he is fucking scary oh, yeah. in that movie. His eyes the makeup they gave on him oh my god i just love so route 666 you ever see that with the oh hell, yeah the hell cop <laughs> i have seen it a few times no no no. you're thinking of um uh highway to hell Oh, that's highway to hell yes route 666 is with uh dale midkiff from pet cemetery and it's oh. the guy that directed scarecrows it's the like the only other movie he ever made see i'm getting all these damn movies confused which i did just rewatch route 666 the other day i don't know why but uh but well, Route Six Sixty Six was a was it a pig face album? I don't know. It was an industrial album somewhere. Anyway, mm. I'll have to go home and look it up. I got it in my 
shelf. But he kept working. He did all these Joe Dante things. He went all the way through, right? So Looney Tunes, uh, The Hole, and uh, Burying the X. Um, and then, you know, kind of perfectly, his last role was as Rabbi Walter Paisley in the film Hanukkah, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which came out after after he died. But it's Hanukkah, kind of fitting, Hanukkah, kind of fitting that that would be his last more. his last movie, you know? I and I you know I've thought about it I I think one of the reasons why I've always liked Dick Miller is he reminded me a little bit of my grandfather oh, uh, yeah? my mom's dad yeah Ray he they were both midgets short you know shorter guys uh but um very blue collar my grandfather was worked uh for the post office for years he delivered mail through uh whatever the same like rain sleet hail mm-hmm. you know he 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 knew his neighbors he was like a ve- the people on his route he was very friendly he talked to everybody he was a gregarious. real talker very gregarious so just like a, such a such a great man like and also you know was an artist like was a would draw when he was in world war Two. he was a in, in the navy and uh, so was dick miller he would draw pinups you know and i and i have all of these drawings they're wonderful and then you know came home and and wanted to, and raised a family instead of following any kind of artistic pursuit. But that blue collar thing, I mean, like Dick Miller has that going on. Like it's almost like he's the last person you think would ever be an actor. He feels so salt of the earth. In fact, he and my grandfather both have the same tattoo tattoo on their arm. Yeah. The uh, the the anchor. I'm, a lot of Navy men did, yeah. but like. Um, so there were a lot of those kind of similarities. Now my grandfather wasn't from the Bronx. He's from Canton, Ohio. So he's a little bit different. He wasn't like a you know, like a kind of tough guy. Not that Dick Miller and he didn't a tough have a PhD. Guy. Yeah, and he had, ain't got no PhD, Doc. But they, they just they, you know, Dick Miller is one of those guys where I'm like, it's weird that he would be an actor. You know what we know about him, and like the way his, and in his screen presence, which is wonderful, but like his persona, it just feels like not an actor he just feels like a real guy who's he's kind of an everyman yeah an, a perfect everyman so yeah. anyway my grandfather they, they i always link those two guys together in my head so maybe i have a little bit of a weird bias in that regard so your grandfather ray and dick miller dp'd somebody right yeah Together. i'll bet they did <laughs> sometime in the war <laughs> good old wwii well dick miller can't think of a better no, no, he first and third inductee. Great company. Yeah. So, all right, we got David Warner, mm-hmm. Don Pleasance, and Doctor Dick Miller all joining each other as our first class to be enshrined in the Dead City Drive-In Celluloid Catacomb. Perfect. I love it, man. I love it. It's fantastic. Now, before we wrap this up, so that by the way, we're gonna. Carve or write their names into the stall. Yeah, I think that we should basically, yeah, we should carve their names into the stall and then rub some of that radioactive slime that's in the corner there on there. So they're constantly, their names will illuminate the darkness. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. And maybe if we say enough prayers to Almighty Satan, we'll be able to conjure their spirits and they can hang with us in the drive-in. Dude, that'd be fucking awesome. I would love to hang out with these three guys. Wouldn't that be... I mean, the stories that they could tell, oh, amazing. Well, let's just drink this poison. All right, well, here, here, I'll tell you what. You know, here, let's let's drink a toast. We're oh. both have drinks here. So we're going to drink a toast 
to the dearly departed David Warner, Donald Pleasance, and Dick Miller. The three Ds. Oh my Oh my god, it's god. a three D movie. Oh my god. Incredible. Dave, right. Don, and Dick. Welcome to Dead City. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Ah. All right, now let's play a quick game before we wrap this up. Um, we're going to do a, you and I, are, let's, okay, I'm pulling them up right now. I'm not okay. looking at the numbers, okay. but we're, let's guess how many credits each one of these guys has. Let's do them one at a time. Right, okay. one at a time. So um, Dick Miller, David Warner, and Donald, Donald Pleasance. Pleasance. Okay. So who are we going to start with? Well, let's start with David Warner. Okay, David Warner. Um, and by the way, whoever wins will get a, a million dollars. Sweet. Um, if I win, I'll get you. Give me a million. If you win, I give you a million. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That okay. sounds fair. So David Warner. All right. What do you think? To- it, and we're going to go total because I think it, we're going to look on IMDb. So okay. the idea is total credits. Total credits. I guess that includes um, television. Does it? Like I think it does, and they're they're long list. So let's yeah, go ahead. It does. And, let's go ahead and include the television. Okay, David Warner, two hundred and eleven credits. Woo. Okay, two eleven. I'm going to say I'm going to go low. Okay. Just for funsies. So are we going to go like absolute value on this one? What does that mean? Basically, uh, the narrowest number between what's chosen. And so like, it's not like fucking prices, right? Where if you go over, you don't, you know. It's right. Like, it's going to be whoever's <clears throat> closest. Exactly. Whoever's closest to the number. Yeah. All right. I'm going to just for funsies, I'll go a strict hundred below you. I'm going to say 111. Okay. All right. All right. Should we get a drum roll in here? Oh, yeah. We're going to look them up, right? Yeah. Okay. Drum roll. Ditter, 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 ditter. David Warner is in... Okay, here we go. 228. What did I say? 211. Oh, shit, Holy man. Holy shit, dude. Wow. Wow. So I was 17 off? Wow. Okay, that makes me rethink a lot of things. Okay. All right. Um, it's, it's the television credits that really kind of because I mean, look, David Warner did so many TV movies. Yeah, yeah. So okay, um, sweet. So I get a you get a million. Not yet. It's going to be. Oh, so it's not three million dollars. It's just one million dollars. One million dollars. So okay, something that Blofeld would love. <laughs> one million dollars. All right. So who's next? Okay, let's do uh, old DP himself, Donald Pleasance. Okay, I'll go first this time. Since okay, you went first. Go so for it. I'm gonna say. I'm going to say 149. 149? Yeah. Um, 258. Okay. Donald Pleasance, according to the Internet Movie Database, has been in. 241. Holy shit. Damn, Chris. Oh, my gosh. What do you have those? Do you have the Peter Venkman's cards? No, actually. No. It's just a couple of wavy lines. I'm sorry. (laughs) 
You're not cheating, are you? No, they just keep coming to me. <laughs> I'm no fluke, Brandon. Well, maybe I can pick you up a little bit later. Let's say... Eight o'clock? <laughs> I was just about to say, eight o'clock? You are a legitimate a phenomenon. Legitimate phenomenon. Mm-hmm. All right, Dick Miller. Um, all right, so you go first on this one. 300. 300. Yeah, I'm going to do 300. It's all about the television, man. I think that really kind of puts it over the top there. I'm going to say I've been going consistently underneath. I'm going to I'm going to go above. I'm going to say 321. Okay. There's no way. I'm going to say 321. Okay, ready? Yeah. Dick Miller. Dr. Richard Miller. We're both way off on this one. <laughs> one eighty four. Really, really, I'm wow. blown away by the fact that the one, uh, the guy that I thought would have the most, has the least. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, Chris, you won a million dollars. Congratulations, sweet. Um, this... So now that means that I got to write you a check for a million dollars, so you can give that right back to me. Right? Correct. Okay. Cool. If that's cool. Yeah, that's great. That's All great. Right. And I check is fine. Um, okay, but perfect. just I'm, a valid ID, I'll need along with it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, can do. Um, well, this was fun. Absolutely, man. I really enjoyed this. Um, you know, honestly, from from the bottom of my heart, you know, to be kind of legitimate on it, these are three great, for lack of a better term, character actors that uh, you may not necessarily know their names, but you'll recognize their faces. And I think that you should give a bigger look to to their repertoire you know look at look at the filmographies for these three great guys you know david warner donald pleasance and dick miller and just look at the movies that they're in and i think that it'll it'll bring you some pleasure i mean they there are offerings there i mean if you don't have to be a horror fan you don't even have to be a genre fan you know there's just there's so many interesting movies that these people were a part of and they've got lots of other great roles Besides the ones that they'd probably be most recognizable for. So, yeah, check them out. Definitely check them out. It's always... Um, you, do you want to... Uh, do you think maybe we do this uh, celluloid catacomb every season? I we think so, man. Some... I mean, like we said, with the Hall of Fame and stuff like that, this is the class of 2022. So, yeah, I think maybe we should kind of revisit this, you know, the class of 2023. So, I don't know. What would be, when do you think it'd be a good time, you know, we do it at the same time every year? Sure. Whatever that is. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. We should do it every season. And then maybe what we can do is we can open it up since, uh, you know, we kind of did this one. Maybe we can open it up. How about this? Each, so our initial inductee, David Warner, was. Mm-hmm written on the stall in the bathroom yeah meaning somebody one of our mutants that frequents thought somebody should remember david warner so maybe we ask you the listener to submit who you feel should be a part of the celluloid catacomb okay you bring you listener you bring your one maybe we'll group them together and we can all vote and see who makes it in and then chris you bring one and i'll bring one as well yeah so we're so all what's the criteria this... again? Remember, genre cred must be dead. Okay, real easy. There's the uh, there's the the criteria for 
And by the way, I don't think it needs to necessarily be actors. Yeah, no, I think anybody that, you know, has work out there that may be a little underappreciated, you know, but they had decent careers and maybe just once again, bring some light to to some of the things that people may not know them for. Yeah. Writers, directors, composers, producers. Yeah. I say let's see them all. And if you guys have any suggestions, there's yeah. always the next. We're open ears. Yeah. We're open ear holes. <laughs> well, this was fun. Yeah, all right. Definitely. This was fun. I don't, I don't want it to end. No. But it has to because we've got 20 more episodes to record tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that wraps <sighs> it up for another episode of Dead City Drive-In. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And remember, at this drive-in, if the cars are rocking, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. It's Miller time! (laughs) (laughs) Want to have words with the management? Email us at deadcitydrivein at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future episode. And hey, why not rate and review Dead City Drive-In on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show, keep the admission free, and splatter just the right amount of slime and sleaze onto our mutant-friendly drive-in screen. Under 17, not admitted without parent.